Reverend Lisa Mason, and I have the great honor of being the rector of St. John's Episcopal Church in Larchmont. I pray that you enjoy this time together. I'm inviting you to open your minds and hearts to whatever message God is sending you during this sermon. I think of a sermon as an invitation, an opportunity to break open scripture together, whether we are diving into what was happening in the world at the time the story happened, or whether we are discovering what this scripture means to you today in your life, or all the above, whatever God is calling you to hear, to find healing, to find hopeful, to find clarifying, to find reassuring, I pray that this time does that for you, that you have something that you can go away from this time together with, knowing that it was meaningful and you are thankful that you joined and participated. So I have to say, I have never quite had 10 days like I've had this past 10 days. I am not one to even sleep very long on a regular basis. So to be in bed for most of those 10 days was very humbling and very educational. Now I have never watched so much news in my life. As your rector, I obviously stay up with the news. I need to know what's going on in the world and break it open in scriptures when we gather and make comments on it. But I watched a whole lot of news and I watched a whole bunch of different stations to make sure I was not only listening to one perspective. And from the beginning of that 10 days up until yesterday, my heart broke over and over and over. About the time I got in bed was when the divided house was working on ousting or not ousting Kevin McCarthy. Now, regardless of where any of you are or wherever I am on that issue, how have we as human beings become used to hearing the words, the language, the insults, the hate that we hear, not only just between people, but on national news? Just think about it. Years ago, even an eighth of that conversation would have been shocking. But to just hear how we're treating one another breaks my heart. And then, regardless again of wherever you are on anything, just to see a former president in a court courtroom, devastating to me. And then to watch our friends and neighbors in Mamaroneck receive that kind of power of water again was heartbreaking. So many of the same people uprooted leaving their homes, not able to return until they could clean them. Now I have to say, the village was very on top of helping them clean their homes in order to move back in. But the community jumped into action as always. This community is amazing. Frank found 10 mattresses. Francisco, Sarah Cody, and some friends went and picked them all up so that people could have a clean mattress to sleep on. You can't dry those out and be healthy. Community came together to bring gift cards. Community came together to find out what resources people needed. But again, it's just so soon and so much water. And you think about the people in the South that would, we have friends from Texas call us every day and say, can't you just bottle some and send it down? 
and we have a plethora, way too much at the moment. And then yesterday morning, to hear that Hamas had attacked the Israelis, I immediately reached out to our friend Iyad. Kirk and I have been friends with Iyad Kumri, who runs the pilgrimage company that has set up our trip for almost 15 years. And so I called him not as a customer to find out what do we do now. I called him just to send my prayers and my love. And so here we are in the midst of these times. And as I was chewing on this scripture, as you know, I love to say that's what we need to do in order to break it open. I couldn't help but think about the end of the message of our parable today. Now, this parable would have hit right at the heart of the people listening, because even in these days, it is not uncommon to own land and let someone else lease it. We have friends on a huge ranch in Texas. They have a cattle lease. The people would have definitely been on board. They would have understood what Jesus was talking about. And then Jesus tells about the trials and tribulations of those who go to collect what is due the owner. And then Jesus poses a question knowing exactly what humankind would answer. The next person they send is going to kill those people and put some people on there they are going to appreciate it. That is not God's way. It's a way we understand, but it's not God's way. God in the midst of evil and darkness and death does not stop there. We believe in a God that resurrects. For every death, there is new life. Think about Good Friday, Easter morning. We are an Easter people. This parable is an Easter parable. As awful as it sounds, as much death that happens in this story that Jesus tells, Jesus takes their answer and tries to teach them that there is another way. Now this parable, this gospel passage, has been viewed in a very narrow lens at time as an anti-Semitic passage. And you could justify that if you wanted to, and I pray none of us do. Because what the bigger story is, is that God wants to save all people. God wants to draw people of every color from anywhere and all over the earth and draw them to God. Now, Jesus did come, and the Jews could not hear who he was. And Jesus did not stop loving them, which the story can almost make you think. Instead, Jesus' love extended and was given clearly for all people. I even had a conversation with someone this week, while still being in bed, talking about, they were not there, <laughs> just clear that up, they, um, and they were talking about heaven, who was in and who is out. And my mind during all of this went back to a picture that a seventh grade, very bright girl drew. And we were talking about heaven. And to people, what happens to the people that aren't quite ready to accept the return of Jesus and say they believe and go to heaven? And this girl drew this picture of this very obscure face, the face of God. And the only other thing on the picture were arms. And you never got to the end of the arms. It was just arms reaching as far as arms could reach. And normally, I would not ask someone to share their picture with me. 
but I did. I went over to her in the corner of the room and I said, can you tell me about that? And she said, this is what I believe about heaven. God stops at nothing. No amount of time, no amount of space. God goes everywhere to draw people unto God, into God's saving embrace. We believe in a God who resurrects, a God who takes that darkness of death, grieves, and then makes life new again. That is our promise. That is part of what we do, to come alongside and grieve in these times of darkness, knowing that we too are bearers of light and new life, so that people can once again breathe again. I want you to think about the picture I told you that the girl drew, and I want us to pray this together, thinking about the image of God's all-encompassing embrace. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. For the honor of your name, amen. God is love. God loves us. Let us be loved to others. Amen. Thank you again for this time together. I pray that we always remember that we are part of a much bigger story, the story of God's love for God's people and the call for us to learn how to love God and learn how to love each and every other person we encounter with the kind of love that God has for us. And now for a blessing. Be present to today. Do not be anxious about what might happen tomorrow. The same God who cares for you today will care for you tomorrow. God will either shield you from suffering or you will be given the unfailing strength to bear it. So be at peace then and cast aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations. In the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you this day and remain with you forever. Amen.